calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about the Department of Education. So grab your diploma. And let's get civical. Let's get let's get serious. Let's get serious. Let's make a show. This is let's get serious. I'm oh, Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Wallentowski. Seriously? Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously civical. Oh, that could have been our, well, it could be our like second year. What? Like title our line. Spin off. Let's get let's civical. Let's get serious. Seriously civical. Because <laughs> it's no time for joking. This no. the world is in chaos. It's in shambles. Um, um, so yeah, this is Let's Get Serious, uh, because I'm seriously tired. Did you eat breakfast? I had a piece of toast, and let me tell you, not enough. I know. You know, I just, I'm very tired. I know. Very tired, but it's fine. It's I'm going to eat after this, and Great. you know what? I'm going to eat knowledge, because uh, I'm going to learn so much in yes. this episode. But guys, today we are talking about... The Department of Education. Yes, we are. It used to be fun to talk about this, maybe. I don't know, but it's since become such a sad topic. It's become such a sad topic. This is the first like department that we're covering, yeah. and it really does give you a sense of just how much power the executive and the secretaries have over yeah. like the running of these departments sure like how it's staffed and what they what their priorities are because it's not like you know it's they're trying their their jobs are to like 
put into force the rules, the laws that Congress has passed. Mm -hmm. But they can sometimes like pick and choose or they can try and like maybe it'll go to court. But they can like, you know, they can choose what they want to support and what they want to lean on. And it's just it was a it was an experience. I love that. I love that word. An experience. An experience. Let's jump right into a brief history of the department. It's very brief. She's it's, the baby agency. She is. She's new. She's yeah. new. <laughs> we lived. This, this country lived so long before somebody was like, "Wait, <laughs> Americans need. Wait, we need to, to be educate smarter. ourselves." Oh man! <laughs> and you know what? We still need it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of this is coming from the U.S. Department of Education, yes. like the actual website, yeah. and Business Insider, yeah. our two friends. So the Department of Education goes all the way back to 1867 when President Andrew Johnson signed legislation creating the first Department of Education. I just hate him. It's like this doesn't this is like this doesn't make up for you being like a total racist. Like No, but he at least but like at least Andrew like jo- Andrew Johnson knew we needed well, to do something. Wasn't he the one who like taught himself how to read? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what was the what was the what was the phrase? It was like he willed himself into he like a good education. education. And so, <laughs> but Andrew like, was just like, ah. nobody else has to will themselves into education. I'm gonna create the department oh, through sheer force. Through, through sheer, sheer force, force of will. will. Through sheer force of will, he <laughs> created the Department of Education. It just goes to show you that the only way to get things done is to actually go through something yourself. Yes. Nobody has empathy. Nobody has empathy. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. 1867. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. So its main purpose was to collect information and statistics about the nation's schools. However, due to concern that the department would exercise too much control over local schools, it was demoted to an office of education in 1868. It only got a year. It got a year. And people are like, nah, bitch. Oh, my God. It's like it's like states rights all over again being like too much control. There's too much oversight. I mean, and it's the same thing that people say today about the departments that are like not secretary, you know, like the Department of Defense and Department Mm -hmm. of of State. Like the things that have oversight over the things in our lives. Yeah. People still say that. Like too the EPA, control? Department of Education, there's too much control. I love I just love this idea of being like, if you say you say one more word, you're gonna be an office. I'm gonna make you an office. <laughs> like like no the, more opinions. Yeah. You're no getting more demoted. Department gone. Consider yourself an office. office. Love that. Regulated to a cabinet. Like Harry Potter. Demoted. No good. Okay. For about the next hundred years or so, the office hopped around under different cabinet level agencies, including Department of the Interior. Because of course that makes sense. It's the inside. And the former (laughs) U.S. Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, which is now Health and Human Services. Yeah. I love they're probably just like, uh, education as humans. Right. Go with that one. Education is for for human bodies and minds. Yes, yes. That must be welfare. Welfare. Uh, Also, like the general welfare. The idea that like the education as a like people who had who had wealth and power had access to it, like they didn't need help getting education. Yeah. And so the idea of like sticking the Department of Education, which was trying to, you know, 
maybe do stuff to help lift up the education sure. in America for yeah. the bottom, you know, those of us on the bottom. Yes, yes, yes. Sure, yes. let's stick it with the welfare department. I love that. The Department of the Interior, I'm just like, in what <laughs> respect? The, but okay. And just the sense of like, look, they have the most space in their office. Go sit with them. <laughs> they don't even know what they're doing. I don't, they have I no don't know to the, this day what the Department right. of Interior does. We've it's talked gonna about to it be, over and over. I would love when we go to, oh, maybe we can make this like a Washington, Washington trip if we can find somebody who used to work for the Department of the Interior. Oh God, yes. I would flip my lid. Let's go flip inside my lid. the interior. Guys, if you have somebody on the inside in the Department of the Interior, mm-hmm. call me. <laughs> we will take acting assistant of the deputy secretary. Absolutely. Like, we will welcome I you on our show. Actually, solely I'm looking for an acting deputy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must Exclusively. Have deputy in the title. Or I'm not talking to them. <laughs> I'm not from one deputy to another. I just want to say level with me. <laughs> Okay, so a series of policy priorities and cultural moments Mm -hmm. led to more interest in education on a larger scale in the U.S. Oh, I love this. Yeah, this is like the creation of like what we now know as the Department Department of of Education. Education. And And this is like how we got there. (laughs) And don't you know? (laughs) Oh, my God, this is so funny to me. So (laughs) it started with the Soviet Union's Sputnik in 1957. It spurred a nationwide concern that led to increased aid for science education po- programs. Yes! Uh, like the Russians are in space. <laughs> We've <laughs> exited the globe. We need smarter people get to help books. us get into space. Get the books. Train the children. Give oh them science. God. I love that. I love how the yeah. government is like, oh my God, the Russians are in space. We have to educate our youth. <laughs> I just realized <laughs> our five-year-olds can't even speak. Oh, no, nobody can read. No. Oh man, I love that. So that was one thing that spurred the Department of Ed- the Education becoming a, a significant part of our day-to-day lives. Yes, it was. I, this was all like ma- like putting it out in the ether. People were starting to think that to like, like huh, oh, 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 do Maybe it's good for everybody. We to should have. sort of do a nationwide education. <laughs> Okay, so the uh, another incident was President Lyndon Johnson's War on Poverty, which called for the creation of many programs to improve education for poor students at all levels, including early childhood through post-secondary. Great. Thank yeah. you, Lyndon. I never say that. Name. <laughs> That's a Lyndon. great name. I kind of like Lyndon. You like Lyndon? I'm surprised it hasn't come back. I think it's just so... It's hard to be... It's hard to disassociate from Lyndon Johnson. It's like so Lyndon Johnson. It's so true. I cannot, I've not come it's across a, in my studies, yes. which are vast, or right. my uh, life, another right. Lyndon. Right. Like Ulysses. Ulysses. You can't name a you kid can't Ulysses. Do Ulysses. Although like, list, if you could go to the list of baby names that are like, you know, the top 100, I think like last year. At some point, I remember reading a thing that said Ulysses was making a comeback. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, interesting. But Lyndon, I feel like that's such a cute, great name. It's like cute, simple, short, sweet. I feel like you find a lot of names that you want to name potential children on this show. Right. And I'll never have them. So, really, it's going to be the name of my someday dog. I just imagine you dog. having, like, a bunch of dogs or cats being like, Lyndon, <laughs> come. <laughs> come here. <laughs> I named them all after presidents. Taft. I love that. Taft. Get over here. Get over here, you slug. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Grover. Grover. Stop sniffing. 
<laughs> Babe's butt. Okay. George, get off of it. Uh, love it. Okay. So, yeah, Lyndon Johnson was like, we're on poverty. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. And then the 1970s saw national efforts to help racial minorities, women, people with disabilities, and non-English speaking students gain equal access to education. So, again, it's like... <laughs> 200 years after we form and yeah. finally it's like ooh, maybe women need some education women people Girls. of color people with disabilities it's like right. yeah i've maybe, had humans maybe they're not lesser than as we think maybe maybe that's a big maybe <laughs> that's a big maybe big old if oh my gosh and then uh perfect in october of 1979 under my absolute boyfriend, Jimmy Carter, Congress passed the Department of Education Organization Act that was created by combining offices from several federal agencies, and the department began operation in May of 1980. Thank you, Jimmy the Stud Carter, mm-hmm. for just pulling us together. Yes. I love him so much. The man fired not one single bomb. Not one single bomb. Not one single bomb. He didn't fire. He fired no shots. Do and you fire bombs or do you drop bombs? I think you drop bombs. I think the phrase is that he fired, like he didn't fire, like no, sh- no shots were fired during his administration, yeah. I think is the thing. No wars and so much education. He was like, what? Just. And the man read. sold his peanut farm. He sold his peanut farm. Shout out to the peanut farm. Yep. So originally in the 1860s, a budget of $15,000 and four employees handled education fact-finding. Sorry, just four people. Because there's only 10 total. (laughs) I mean, that was a lot. That was a lot. There were approximately 100 people in our government, and four of them were getting... We're doing education. I also want to know, like, how in... 1860 in the 1860s you got statistics oh my god you just like you went on the education like a two mile radius and was like (laughs) what do you guys do (laughs) cool statistics (laughs) and like the four people i just i imagine it being like like vermont and delaware and then like down the coast and I just we and then you stop at the than, south because clearly that was not a priority. Like, I can't and then, even deal with this right I now. I can't even deal with. We'll this. circle back. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we'll come back when you've got your schoolhouses in check. But I just I think that's so cute for employees and a budget of fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen dollars. I would do anything for fifteen thousand dollars right now. Quite frankly, okay. And then so that we start off with the fifteen thousand yep. dollars and four employees. By 1965, the Office of Education had more than 2,100 employees and a budget of $1.5 billion. It's 100 years later. Jeez Louise. Yeah. And then as of the mid-2010s, the department has nearly 4,300 employees and a budget of about $60 billion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She really glowed up. Yep. Yeah. She got fancy. She got fancy. She, she got, got funding. She got funding and she got staff. She got staff. Yeah. Not the infection. The employees. <laughs> Look, you have to shoot your shot when you can. <laughs> she got staff followed by crabs. Anyways. <laughs> I love that for me and for us. Oh my God. Okay. So let's talk about the Secretary of Education. Yeah, let's talk about it. And what they do. So there's like a huge staff not under infection. all of these. Not the staff infection. I've got to start making that joke. It's really funny. Not a staff infection, but there are lots of people that work under the Secretary of Education. They right. have titles like 
the Office of Civil Rights director. You know, like yeah. there's lots directors of directors and, and, managers and, and, and assistants and deputy deputies. secretaries. And that's, uh, yeah. Anyway, so there are a lot of people that work under the Secretary of Education. But the Secretary of Education is like primarily resp- is the like the one that everybody answers to. And they're the ones responsible for. They're the face. Yeah, they're the face of the education department. So this is also coming from the U.S. Department of Education. The secretary is responsible for the overall direction, supervision, and coordination of all activities of the department and is the principal advisor to the president on federal policies, programs, and activities related to education in the United States. Oh, boy. I know. Seems like a big job. It seems like a big job, but I feel like that salary is like $120,000. Like, that's a lot of responsibility. I just when people are like we pay yeah. government employees too less, I'm like I don't know. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, that sounds like a big job. Yeah, <laughs> and these are ones. This is a position that has to be nominated and confirmed. Yep, which we love. Which we love. So the president gets to pick the person at the top of the agency, and they have to be confirmed by the Senate. But then they anybody subsequently under that they just get hired. They get hired. They get hired. So the secretary oversees the collection of data and research on student outcomes and success providing national figures that allow for comparison among states. So they're like, okay, Georgia, what's your, how many people did you graduate from high school? Okay, great. New York, what's your number? Okay, great. Let's compare those. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. So they collect stuff like that. They also, like, collect statistics on, like, the safety of students and yeah. all the, like, the Title IX stuff. And Don't they do, um, oh, you might have this. Don't they do, like, student loan stuff, too? Yep. Yeah, they oversee all those student loans. The federal student loans, federal like all the federal student aid goes through them. Yeah. Yeah. How exciting. I know. What a good time. I know. What a good time to this be alive. like my, the parts of my life are combining right here in this yeah. moment. Sort of like all of your stressors. <laughs> all of my stressors <laughs> right here apartment. in this room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So more specifically, the secretary oversees the purposes of the department that Congress has set forth. So in the law congress has said this is what this department is going to do love that for them right they've got directives they've got our buzzwords are (laughs) (laughs) to strengthen the federal commitment to ensuring access to equal education opportunity for every individual love i feel like we're making progress we could do better we could absolutely do better to equal education opportunity for every individual yeah we could definitely Crank that up. Okay. Crank that up a notch. To supplement and complement the efforts of the states, the local school systems, and other instrumentalities of the states. Such a big word. The, <laughs> I couldn't pro- have said it. <laughs> I know. The private sector, public and private educational institutions, public and private nonprofit educational research institutions, community-based organizations, parents, and students to improve the quality of education. So they're supposed to work with all of those organizations and entities that I just named to like help them sure all of them with education yes <laughs> supplement and complement the efforts of all of those people. i love it when it's like when the word compliment is not used how like i think it's used <laughs> but i think it's like compliment like compliments would be like you're doing great you're gorgeous <laughs> you're gorgeous uh, like my my job is literally to be like oh my god uh, main stunning Spending Stunning. such a good job. Blowing. Performance across the board. Gorgeous. Numbers are uh, 10 out of 10. <laughs> you go, girl. You go. It's just mad talk. <laughs> yeah, so it's not compliment in that sense. It's compliment in like, you're doing 
such great work. Here is here is more money to help do no. that great work. I love it. Let us. I wish people would compliment me with just money. I know. Yeah, I would love a compliment of money. Yeah, we see you're doing exceptionally well at paying your own bills. Here's complimentary money. I love that for me to help you do that. Yeah. So, in continuing with the list of things that the Secretary of Education is supposed to be overseeing, they encourage to encourage the increased involvement of the public, parents, and students in federal education programs. Okay. okay, I'm not really sure that's like an actionable item. No, it's like <laughs> parents get involved. Yes, come on, go to the PTA meetings. Go, go to and the, the PTA meetings. Go, yeah, go to the PTA yeah, meetings. Get involved. And like, and the the public like encouraging. I don't know how the public. I mean, it's a nice idea in theory. I don't know how you encourage the public to be involved in education to go to, go to the, get the high school play. <laughs> That's true. Get involved. Go, go to your high school drama play. Go to, your, go to your local high school play. Support them. Support them. Yeah. There are free seats. I guarantee you. I guarantee I you. I guarantee you. To promote improvements in the quality and usefulness of education. I adore that. Through Uh-oh. federally supported research, evaluation, and sharing of information. They're like, let's get better at this. Let's do better. Let's do better. Yeah. Let's educate our people in a way that like is of great caliber yep. and then like give them information that's useful give Although, them quality have you heard have you seen this new math the new the way that they teach kids this math new now? math there's like new oh, math there is new math uh, and i yikes. don't there's like all of these youtube videos that are like the <laughs> people like ragging on the new math because you're supposed to like make tables yeah, and like, like multiply across yeah like you multiply the hundreds you multiply the tens you multiply whatever and then you yeah. add them and there are like YouTube videos of like people doing that and then people doing it the old way, which like I think you probably learned. Yeah. And then and it's like you could do it the new math way or you could do it this way, which takes half the time and gets you the same answer. Right. I remember when I was still a nanny, I would have to sometimes like help with, you know, yeah. the kids were in middle school, both of them. And like. I could get the answer, but they would get it wrong if it wasn't shown in a specific way. And yeah. I was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to help you <laughs> get to it your way. Yeah. But in, you know, 18 Hamana Shah, when I was a student, <laughs> this is how we just did it. Flip and divide it. And there it was. Like, right. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you have to like teaching my little goddaughter, the concept of like carrying over. Oh yeah. And subtraction. She was like, we haven't been taught that. And I was like, I honestly don't know how you teach subtraction <laughs> without carrying from the next column. Yeah. I literally, so I just taught her. Yeah. And her teachers can deal. Cause like, I don't understand. I don't know how to more subtract. math is useful than less math. That is my, sure. My philosophy yeah. on yeah. the mathing. Perfect. Okay, continuing with our list. Yeah. We're going to improve the coordination of federal education programs. Please. This feels major. It gets yeah. literally like what? Seven words? Yeah. Eight words? It's just and I feel a like fragment. It's a fragment of a sentence. <laughs> and I feel like this would be so helpful for people. To do. To, to do. just do it. To, to like yes. have the elementary programs, you know, the programs that are focused on help, helping elementary students really see that education through like to high school and to yes. college, you know, yes. like I feel like a lot of the programs are bifurcated and it's like, if you're, if you live here, then you get, or if you go to this kind of school, you get title one. But if you move out of that, then you're kind of fucked as you mm-hmm. go through. Okay. Mm-hmm. To improve the management and efficiency of federal education activities, especially with respect to the process, procedures, and administrative structures for the dispersal of federal funds, 
as well as the reduction of unnecessary and duplicative burdens and constraints, including unnecessary paperwork on the recipients of federal funds. <laughs> I'm, so, so I'm so sorry. Being like, what? we have a whole sentence dedicated to unnecessary paperwork. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Sure. I totally appreciate. But also, like, like, there's so much paperwork. There's so much paperwork. I'm, there's so much paperwork. I love that it's a goal, though. Yeah. Like, the, the VA would <laughs> do well to adopt this. Oh, sure. The VA would, be well, would do well to adopt the unnecessary paperwork yes. provision. Yeah. What can we put? In a Google Drive, you know, like what? <laughs> what can we scan and digitize? What can we digitize? Oh my God, I do. That's so sweet of them. That's very cute. It's very cute. Very thoughtful. And that they're like trying to reduce the burden. Like they're taking on the like it's our burden to make it more easy for people to be smarter. Sure, that's essentially what that's saying. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. I love that it's prioritizing in theory, depending on who the Secretary Fully of Education is. Fully in theory. Yeah. That the the idea is to make it easier for people to get smarter. Yes, that is the goal of the Department of Education. Yes. So let's just keep that in mind. Right. right. To get smarter and also to like learn things that will help them get jobs and then be employed right. and then stay employed. So right. they're not like in the end, it's really an investment in our citizens. It is an investment in our future, one mm -hmm. could say. And the final thing they're focusing on is the they want to increase the accountability of federal education programs to the president, the Congress, and the public. Great. Per great. Perfect. Be great. accountable. Would Be love accountable. To <laughs> <laughs> Would love to see it. Would love to see an education program accountable. I feel like our current secretary is focusing on the being accountable to the president. I feel like the second two thirds of that trifecta are being ignored. Like the Congress oh, and the public. It's kind of a fuck y'all yeah. situation happening in there right now. Yeah. The secretary, a big part of the of the job is to oversee important education funding. So actually <laughs> like it. where the $60 billion, which yeah. I'm sure is probably more now because that number was from the mid 2010s. Oh yeah, it has to be more. It's got to be more now. Or not. Or actually, <laughs> or what am I saying? Maybe it's stagnant. Absolutely Maybe not. Trump has cut it. You're right. We'll You're look right. it up. We're at war. <laughs> So the a big part of that job is to oversee that pot of money because some of that money will go towards all of the staff. Yeah. The 4,300 plus staff members that they have. But a, a lot of it goes to actually funding the programs that they have and yeah. giving money to students and school districts to actualize the programs that Congress has enacted. So about 8% of elementary and secondary education funding comes from the federal government which includes the Department of Education, 8%. Yeah. That's like, that's not a lot. It's not a lot. I mean, that's for the, the states and schools, 8% of the budget goes towards, goes to them mm -hmm. to help fund their, those, those schools, programs. Yeah. yeah. Those funds, that 8% helps cover a variety of programs, including special ed grants, special education grants, Head Start, and Title I grants that support districts with large number of low-income students. The Title I grants in particular are vital to keeping certain school districts functional. So, like, you're talking rural areas yeah. where, like, there just aren't qualified teachers who want to live there. Like, yeah. you can go to school, and part of what the education department does is, like, you can go to school and get a grant to teach. And then if you go and teach in one of these school districts, at a certain point, I forget how many years it is, but, like, your loan gets forgiven oh, if yeah. you go and teach in this special yeah. school district because yeah. nobody wants... it's, like, 15 years or something like that. It's something... It might be smaller. Smaller than that? I think it might be, I forget what it is. 
Because I, I don't think it's that long. I think that's part of the problem is that like it's maybe three years. Oh my god! And so like at some point, it's just like a it's just like a rotating door. thing yeah. where like those like those teachers don't stay. The students don't have connections to the teachers or the schools. Yeah, but they can't get people to stay there because it's like bumfuck Idaho, and sure. it's hard to get people to live out there because there's like what are the opportunities? And it's hard work for very little pay. Yeah. So a lot of what that's why they tied it to like to loans because then they could get people to go out and work in those schools. Right. Yeah. So that's that's Title One, and we could do like whole like whole episodes on those programs because they should be talked about. We're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Hey guys, it's Lizzie. I'm here to tell you about Let's Get Civical's newest sponsor, Best Fiends. That's like friends without the R. Best Fiends is a mobile adventure puzzle game that engages your brain with challenging puzzles, an amazing story, and absolutely fun characters. Arden and I have to talk about politics pretty much 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I love this game because it allows me a chance to escape and have some fun. It's an amazing casual game that literally anybody can play. I've been playing for a few weeks now and I am already at level 100 because I simply cannot put this game down. And I know that some of our listeners are also playing this game. So if you are, DM us and tell us where you are at in this game. The game features some of the cutest characters. It has bright colors and it's just such a reprieve from everyday life. Best Fiends updates monthly so you can never get bored because it is constantly changing and engaging your brain. And the best part is you don't even need Wi-Fi to play this game. And if that's not enough, unlike any other puzzle game, Best Fiends has an amazing story where the protagonists are bugs and the antagonists are slugs. It's literally the cutest thing in the world. It makes me smile every day. So guys, engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. The largest area of spending, however, for the department in 2016 was the Pell Grant program which is free money, free student aid that the government gives out to eligible students who are in college or university, either two or four years. And in 2016, the department gave out $28 billion in Pell Grants. That's like a third of their budget. That's a huge, huge portion of their budget. Yeah. Meaning that the program accounts for almost one fifth of the department's budget for federal student aid. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. You got, I mean, like college is too expensive. Yeah. Higher education too is too expensive. That's like, it, like the, it's not even like it's not even the aid. Like you could increase the aid. I mean, and talk about how you're going to pay for more for the government to enable more people to go get an education. Mm-hmm. But that's bes- it's the same thing as the healthcare costs. Like yeah. you can't you have to stop hemorrhaging money from the institutions 
and organizations that are making you pay it. Yeah. You can't like there's no way for the government to keep up with those costs. No. You have to stop it at the source, no, which is expensive. it's too expensive. There is no reason that like <laughs> an MFA from NYU costs $70,000. There is no fucking reason yeah. for that to happen yeah. in any way, shape insane. or form. There's it's- no reason why like my bachelor's of political science from Columbia cost me like $60,000 a year. Yeah. Like yeah. that's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. I just, it makes me so And angry. these, like, expensive universities don't offer, like, substantial financial aid. No. You know? Like, no. it's, you know, a small percentage of people are getting meaningful, like, scholarships yeah. to these things. Yeah. Or they get, or they get scholarships, but, like, like, I got scholarships at Columbia, but you still end up graduating. Like, I still ended up graduating with $160,000 of debt from yeah. Columbia University. Right. right, I'm saying, Which like, is, like, one of the oldest universities oh, yeah. in the country. And that is morally bankrupt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean by, like, meaningful scholarships. It's right. like, to me, if you're still graduating after a four-year bachelor program with over $100,000 in debt, you did not have a meaningful scholarship. No. In comparison to the amount of tuition. Like, no. meaningful is comparing to the cost of tuition to like yeah to me like getting you know 10 to twenty thousand dollars yeah. scholarship a year yeah that on paper is meaningful right. but then if the total cost is 60 grand it's actually not it's actually not meaningful it's actually not because yeah. then it's still so much money on the back end and yeah. there's no there's no reason other than that they want to make money yeah and i get like trying to like paying for your education at some point is the responsibility of the student and the family, like to, to a certain extent, I do sure. get that, but there has to be a breaking point where like, you can't not, not $60,000 worth. No. When that whole concept is, is, was established at a point when like Elizabeth Warren went to college for like 20 bucks a credit and you're right. like, okay, let's have a conversation about that. I mean, it wasn't that cheap for her, right. but, but like, you know, there's a big difference between $1,500 a credit mm-hmm. per semester and $150 per credit per semester. Yep. Like, I wish. I wish. I wish. More than anything. More than life. Okay, I love it. Great. So that's the basic, basic history of the Department of Education, what the secretary does and what they're supposed to be doing, like what the department's goals are. Mm-hmm. We talked very briefly about, like, the federal Pell Grants and very very briefly on federal student aid and the the pro is a whole it's a whole thing and we could do a five-hour episode on it and i wouldn't need notes Um, (laughs) (laughs) i would just need tissues i just need tissues and we'll just bring like lizzie and i'll just bring in panels of all of our (laughs) friends and we'll just get drunk and literally tap a friend and a story and we talked very, very little about the elementary and secondary programs and nothing really about high school programs. So we should we'll do episods just on those things in a separate moment. But that's to give you a brief kind yeah, of overview. It's a, lot. it's a lot. It's a huge department and it's, it's huge like the smallest job. department. It is a small department. And it's yeah, it's just like so it's so important. It's so this important. department and this this person. Yeah. And that's why it's like, huh. Yeah. It's why like Listening to what their goals are, you're like, I understand why we need a person. Like, I, you know, Elizabeth Warren was like, I'm going to name an elementary school teacher to be the secretary of education. And I was like, okay, like, I get why that makes sense 
for you and at the time why she was saying it. Mm-hmm. But it also is not, that's not the majority of what they do. Sure. And it's, and like you could make that your goal. Like we want to increase our activities in elementary and secondary education. But it's also like, it's a, there's a lot more to it that's a lot, that's about budgeting and yeah. outreach and coordination. Yeah. That's you would just a little hope bit, that they would have some experience yeah. with school. With school. 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 Broad term school. Right. Could like, be programming. Like a, could be overseeing. Right. Give me principles. I don't principles. care. Great. Love Superintendents, which Gorgeous. we've had. Like, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Who have, and those people who have also been teachers so they have classroom experience. Would love. Would love. Would love. Yeah. Which is a nice segue into our lightning round of who has been secretary who of state. Or secretary. sorry. Who has been secretary of education? There's been 11 because we've, it's a baby department. She's so young. they haven't had that many. This is all coming from The Atlantic by Emily Richmond, who did a fan fucking tastic list of the secretaries of education when Betsy DeVos was named. So shout out. She, there's like great trivia in here and like really interesting things oh, about these people. Love it. Uh, Emily, thank you for your research. And then at, there's also some of it coming from uh, an article by David Smith at The Guardian, which is mostly the stuff on Betsy DeVos. So first step, Shirley Huffstedler from 1979 to 1981. She was appointed by Jimmy Carter, quote, as the nation's first education secretary, Huffstedler also became the highest ranking woman in the federal branch. Yes. Yes. Happy yes. Women's Thank History Thank you, Jimmy Month. Carter, for like creating a department and being like a woman. Let's go. Yes. Let's see what she can do. Yes. Oh, this is the fun trivia fact. <gasps> okay, fun was, fact. <laughs> Huffstedler was one of 72 women featured in a debut set of feminine trading cards. Okay. Let's get our hands on it. Intended to compete with male-dominated cards per, per, for professional sports. Hell yeah. Right? The original set is now on display in the Museum of Modern Art okay. in New York. They're at MoMA. Go. We have to go. MoMA. Field trip. We have to go. Okay, the second Secretary of Education was Terrell Bell. From 1981 to 1985, they were appointed by Ronald Reagan. Quote, prior to the creation of the U.S. Department of Education, Bell was the nation's highest ranking education official, serving as the U.S. Commissioner of Education under Presidents Nixon and Ford. A member of the Mormon Church. Fun fact. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Bell focused early in his tenure on trying to ban, quote, controversial books from schools, including Catcher in the Rye, Lord of the Flies, and Slaughterhouse-Five. <laughs> I love that. According to a 1981 profile on him, Bell's favorite dish is pumpkin <laughs> Sorry. Bell's favorite dish is pumpkin pie, but he's also fond of a late-night snack of a bowl of bread and milk. He's so bread and milk. He's so lame. <laughs> this is the lamest guy I've ever heard. So, I put that in Oh, my there. God. There is not a sentence about that that is not interesting. It's literally, like, where to begin? <laughs> so it's, like, a member of the Mormon church, which you don't see that a lot no. in the federal government. No. Uh, trying to ban controversial books, Catcher in the Rye, Lord of the Flies, and Slaughterhouse-Five. Which love I've a book banning. love the book banning. I've never read Slaughterhouse-Five. I really want to read it. Yeah, what's what's the ban? What's the ban? Also, Slaughterhouse Five sounds that's a great title. Yeah, and then you know your favorite dish being pumpkin, pumpkin pie. pie. But I just have this vision of him in bed at night being like, "Fuck, you know what I need? Bread and <laughs> also like you just make a bowl of milk and you put bread in it. That's exactly like it's a late night snack. Whoa. I don't know about all that." <laughs> no. 
I sound so, so gross. gross. So Whoa, gross. Oh my god, that's literally the, the so lamest person I've ever met. Okay. Oh my god. Next up. Okay. Next up, William Bennett, 1985 to 1988, also appointed by Ronald Reagan. Turns out he was also a gambler. Love it. Love like, it. Emily had this like Emily from the Atlantic wrote this whole thing about like his gambling thing, and I was like, listen, all I need to know is he's a gambler. Dude was a gambler. I love it. I simply love it. Yep. Next up was Lauro Cavazos from 1988 to 1990, appointed by Ronald Reagan, a Democrat, caught, right? But like a Democrat. A Democrat. We love a Democrat. A Democrat. But Cavazos, appointed by a Republican. I, look, it used to happen. It used to happen. Um, so Cavazos was the first Hispanic to serve in a president's cabinet and served under two Republican chief executives, Reagan and George H.W. Bush. But Cavazos and Bush clashed over the administration's decision to bar federal aid from colleges and universities that offered scholarships specifically to minority students. Sure. Cavazos' terse resignation letter, quote, omitted the customary thanks to the president for the honor of serving in the cabinet. This was according to the New York Times. Drag him. Yeah, drag him. Drag Papa Bush. Mm -hmm. Be like, you suck. Yeah. You suck. Rest in peace. Yeah. No, he, he was like, Mm, fuck you we should be giving aid to colleges and universities it's not like they weren't giving them just to those like the whole college and university didn't get aid yeah it was like yeah just this if you're giving scholarships to people because they're black no aid for you no aid and this secretary of education was like that's some bullshit that's some bullshit bye bye and it's not been an honor and it's not been an honor it's been a royal Mind fuck. <laughs> Next up, Lamar Alexander. He served as education secretary under George W. Bush from 1991 to 1993. He is the he currently is a senator and is the chairman of the Senate committee responsible for vetting DeVos. Hmm. Do we say Do- DeVos or Devos? I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. Care or how you say I know. Name. I really don't care. If you're mad that we're saying it wrong, I don't care. I don't care. Like literally, she doesn't deserve anything. So goodbye. Goodbye. So Alexander praised DeVos during her confirmation hearing. And as a senator, Alexander was a key architect of the federal bill, uh, which became law Every Student Succeeds Act, which replaced the No Child Left Behind Act as the main federal law for K through 12 education. He also used to be like the president of the University of Tennessee. And oh, yeah. Is like yeah. against he like really wants to rein in federal student aid. And, yeah. Sure. Why, but he's why retiring. Yeah. No, it was interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of like, yeah, like, at least he was a president of the university. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan, but like, uh, he's got credibility. Like, qualifications. Yes, yes. That's all I'm asking for. Yes. Ever. Is it is it the ideology that w- you and I would want no. in the department? No, not at all. Right. But he has experience in Which, the matter. In the matter. In school. Mm-hmm. Whatever school. Whatever school. School. Okay, next up is Richard Riley from 1993 to 2001. That's a long, long time. Tenure, yeah. Was appointed by Bill Clinton. So Riley turned down Clinton's first offer to be nominated for a spot on the U.S. Supreme Court. Whoa. I know. I feel like we need to do like a whole episode on something. Wow. I know. That's or crazy. like an update. So the vacancy, that vacancy was eventually filled by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay, thank you, Richard. Yes. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. For being like, you know what, thanks. No thanks. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of heartache. 
sounds like there's somebody who's probably better suited. And maybe she's a woman. She's a woman. Riley was so popular as South Carolina's Democratic governor that the state's constitution was amended to enable him to run for and eventually serve a second term. Yeah. Wow. I know. All right, Riley. Flex. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Next up, Rod Page was Secretary of Education from 2001 to 2005. He was appointed by George W. Bush. He, at the time, was the former superintendent of the Houston School District and was a successful university football coach, which I put in there because I feel like maybe you would know his name. I don't recognize his name, but you know what? To me, university football coach qualifies. Qualifies. School. He, <laughs> yeah. No, the, 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 he, there was, I think. The, also, at Houston School District, I wonder if it was my school district. It might have been. I don't know. Like, some of the players that he coached went on to play, like, for the Cowboys and... I don't. He like I don't created major football players. I don't watch the football. I don't watch the Cowboys. Great. Great. Love that. But that's what he did. Good for him. Yeah. Next up, Margaret Spellings from 2005 to 2009, appointed by George W. Bush and was an advisor to the president before the appointment. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. He's like, let's just move you over. Yeah. Let's just, let's just shift you in. Next up, Arnie Duncan. From 2009 to 2015. Another long tenure. A long tenure. He was appointed by Barack Obama. <laughs> this, is a quote, this is a quote from the Atlantic article by Emily Richmond, which I just took verbatim because I thought it was funny. Duncan's prowess, a quote, Duncan's prowess on the basketball court is well known. Great. Following college, he played professionally in Australia for four years after being turned down by the Boston Celtics. What a bummer. <laughs> what then, a bummer. And then he, because a close quote, and then he went on to become education secretary. I love it. Great. Love it. <laughs> good for him. Uh, next up is John B. King Jr. from 2016 to 2017. He was appointed by Barack Obama. He co founded a charter school and served as New York Commissioner of Education. Seems like a compliment of interest. Great. But okay. Yep. King earned a law degree from Yale as well as a master's in education and a doctor doctoral and a doctoral degree in educational leadership from Columbia University. So he hella qualified. He qualified again. Yeah. I, you know, it, not perfect. It's rarely perfect. Yes, but just be qualified. Yes. And the only thing that's like a little bit, I'm a little bit eh about him is that the charter, the charter school, school thing. Yeah. Like I. It's a yep. little problematic that you're founding charter schools while also sh- serving as, like as commissioner of education. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, I don't know that they happened at the same time. Yeah, but there's an influence huh. there. Well, if you hate that, you're gonna hate this next one. Oh. <laughs> I love oh. that you have. Sorry, to do I it. gave this to you. No, this. Oh, is this yours. is me. You oh have to do it. I'm sorry, not doing I gave this. this to my. Oh. oh. Okay, you guys, we've reached the precipice. Mm. Our current education secretary is Betsy DeVos. She's been in there since Trump came into office in 2017. She is a, so this is all coming from the Guardian article by David Smith. Quote, she is a billionaire philanthropist who attended a private Christian school in Michigan. Close quote. Just to say, I don't knock that she went to a Christian school. I also went to a, a parochial school. She sent most of her children to private Christian schools. Again, I don't knock her for that. She has had little exposure to the public education system. Okay. She's become a champion of privately run, publicly funded charter schools and vouchers that enable families to take tax dollars from the public education system to the private sector. That's mm. all coming from The Guardian. Mm-hmm. Quote, since taking office, she has proposed billions of dollars in cuts to her own department, hitting class size reductions, after school programs, full service community schools and student loan forgiveness. Fuck you. 
that's me, not David. Mm-hmm. Um, even Trump overruled her on the plans to gut the Special Olympics, and mm-hmm. she has recently run into opposition from the Democratic-controlled House, which passed significant budget increases. Yeah, she's Close the quote. worst human on the face of the planet. Yeah, I I, I can be pretty no. much like, like I can be calm. Yeah, and 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 pragmatic, and talk about people I don't like. Yeah, pretty well. I yeah. despise this woman. Yeah. She is that. She is evil. She yeah. is horrible. She cuts funding for. Sp- special education she cuts funding for underprivileged yeah. youth like she is horrible yeah. there is nothing you can say that can prove to me otherwise it is the proof is in the pudding yeah. i have no interest in in being convinced because you can't like it's all there somebody who's like let me gut the special olympics i'm like who the fuck hurt you like <laughs> yeah. get a grip yeah get a grip and the fact that that was so bad that Trump Trump was like, oh, this oh, is bad. Oh, this is bad. Like the moral compass cannot be Donald Trump. No. Too far. Too, too far. far. Yeah. That and like the student loan forgiveness thing is just like she's how? trash. She's she trash. trash. How fucking petty do you have to be? There are people who, who literally have spent 10 years of their lives. They've took government and nonprofit jobs for shit pay mm-hmm. purely because they wanted to, at the end of it, they were told at, after 10 years, they we will really forgive the rest of your federal student loans. Not all of their student loans. The, the loans, the rest of the loans that they owe to the government. They mm-hmm. could still have private loans that yeah. like, God help us, none of us will ever be able to pay back. I mean, not none of us, but like it is a stressor and a burden and it like makes you more stupid mm-hmm. the more debt you have. Mm-hmm. It is a horrible thing to have to pay that back just for your life that's private loans public loans 10 years you do this job that's it you're supposed to be done and she's like no we're not gonna do that yeah yeah like you're just messing with people's lives yeah it's yeah there's i no i i no. hate i hate I hate that so much that and like the 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 class size reduction stuff after school programs full service community schools like these are all things that are meant to like help these are preventative measures mm-hmm like you you put the funding into the education of young people in the early years so that they grow up smarter and have more opportunities mm-hmm. and are more likely to go to high school and college or like a trade school or a community school. Yeah, she doesn't care. Yeah, she, she doesn't, doesn't care. care about anybody who's not in a private rich charter. Just like she just doesn't just care, just you know. Like she she's no, she, she, you know is like evil she's racist she you know like goes after people with disabilities she is she is horrible yeah and there's it like that's not me just being like it's just like the it's there yeah it's all there and i think like like, sometimes you need where the local school systems can't create or sustain public schools in the numbers that are needed for their student population. Like, I think charter schools can be useful. Well, I'm not saying the but charter like, schools there, are bad No, 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 no. I, and I, I'm not saying you were, but like... Public, if you're taking funding from public schools to put in private, yes. like, not accessible to everybody charter schools yeah. that pretty much are only for privileged white students in these areas that desperately need actual schools mm-hmm. for everybody... Like that's not that's not what charter schools are supposed to be. I don't know. I see a lot of kids when I in the mornings that are going to like Success Academy, and they're all like young. They're exclusively students of color. Not to well, say here that in there New York, are here in New York. Not to say that like like it's yeah, different here. It's different here. You know? Yeah, I'm but, not. Yeah, again, I'm not knocking charter schools because it can work and it can be super beneficial. But 
that money shouldn't be going. Like we shouldn't need charter schools. Sure. We should actually be working on our public education. Right. Which is crumbling. Right. Because of people like. Right. Actually, Betsy. Because of Betsy. Because of Betsy. I'll, I'll put it all on her because I hate her. <laughs> but the argument then becomes like moving that money into charter schools makes the argument of like moving it out of the public education realm altogether that much easier. Yeah. Because it's not like we're going to give people money so they can go to the school of their choice. They're probably not going to go to a charter school. They're probably going to go to like their parochial school mm-hmm. or their private whatever school that focuses on whatever thing is important to that family. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have the opportunity to do that, but like public dollars are public dollars to be put into the public education system. Yes. Because the more you take out of it, the less robust the education system is. Yeah. And it's already so underfunded. And it's already fucked. Like it's all like it's just it's basically taking somebody has a dollar and you're taking 50 cents away from it. Yeah. And it's like oh, there's already nothing. Yeah. You know. Anyways, okay. I hate that we have to end on her. Yeah, I know. I should have put in a fun fact that's like, hey, our graduation rates have increased. And I, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. I just no. didn't. No, sometimes, you know, sometimes it just sucks. It just sucks. Sometimes it just sucks. We yep. have to be okay with it. But yep. we're okay because we're strong. Yep. And we will overcome. Yep. We simply will. But guys, that is the depart the U.S. Department of Education. That's and it. And the Oof. U.S. Secretary of Education. A little brief history there. And remember, this all started because of Andrew Johnson's sheer force of will. Sheer force of will. <laughs> the sheer force of will. That man educated himself. He learned to read. And, and he was like, not everybody. Pulled himself up by his bootstraps. <laughs> and he said, like, give me the book. Give me the book. Not everybody is as great as me. Not everybody can, through the sheer force of will, the educate themselves. Will. Let's create a departement. Departement where there's more sheer forces of will. Yep. But it'll only last a year and then demoted to office. <laughs> That's my favorite fact about this whole thing. I know. I know. Is that it's like, demotion. Demotion. You're in office. Oh, but guys, you know we love you so, so much. If you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can uh, subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. Bye.